Hi, Jenny. You okay? Hi. Did that work? Let me see. It, it did work. I, I can see you great. Awesome. How are you doing? <laughs> Very well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to the uh, community. It's wonderful to have you on here. For those people who are living under a rock and might not know the amazing work that you do, are you okay to just give a brief um, introduction about yourself, um, why you have such a passion for mental health, uh, and obviously all the work you do um, regarding mental health, and also your journey um, of anxiety, if that's okay? Absolutely. So, hi everybody, my name is Jenny, and I live in beautiful Southern California, but I'm originally from Germany. And I did start my education and my mental health journey in Germany. I studied clinical psychology and psychotherapy and um, became a psychologist, which is an absolutely lovely um, job that I started in Germany, but then continued in the United States where I started to focus also on marriage and family therapy. Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really great journey to just see how you can impact others how you can impact the world, how you can see how clients really create um, a change for themselves, right? Uh, with, with the facilitation and your help. So that has been really awesome to just see what impact you can have on a client's life. So that's um, really lovely when you get into the, the realm of showing up for service, right? Mm -hmm. I've always been fascinated with the brain. I think it's so interesting to understand why we react a certain way and um, I always love focusing also seeing how attachment, anxiety uh, plays into our upbringing and plays into how we react and interact in romantic relationships. I focus a lot also in my practice on uh, relationships and dating because I've seen a lot of clients um, have anxiety and play out old patterns in their dating. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's uh, super interesting to see how we can also change and influence our reactions towards it. And um, my journey with anxiety, um, as I just, you know, touched it a little bit about attachment anxiety, really stepped uh, from that place of being curious of how do I react in romantic relationships and seeing that I have relationships and anxiety sometimes that for me in the beginning played out more as being avoidant, right? So not letting myself be emotionally involved in a relationship. Mm -hmm. and, um going to that place of being vulnerable of being more afraid to be vulnerable so it's really interesting to see how when we have reparative relationships as grown-ups um, that that can change actually our attachment style um so something that i had to learn with anxiety is that it is safe for me to feel all my emotions that it is safe for me to show up as myself and feel anxious or feel nervous or feel uh, insecure and um, show my body that it is safe to be all parts of myself. And that has been a big, a big part of my journey to learn um, to feel my emotions, to validate my own experience, and most importantly, to set healthy boundaries with myself and others in order to not get into this place to constantly be triggered and repeat a toxic pattern over and over again. So when you said that, obviously, um, you studied at university, um, was, was that because of the, um, the, that you wanted to learn more about psychology or were you interested as a child or was it childhood experiences that made you want to help other people? Um, it was absolutely 
childhood experiences for myself that I've experienced um, where I got into a place of trying to understand myself. And um, I think nowadays mental health is such a way more healthy topic in school than mm. But back then, um, when I struggled with navigating the world as a child and as a teenager and under understanding what a healthy attachment is, um, it wasn't talked about as much. And it wasn't um, normal for me to learn, oh, this is the way you are and the way you're showing up as yourself, you're 100% loved. And I've seen a lot of other people and a lot of children and teenagers also experience the same, that we often learn love on contingencies. We learn to be loved um, because we're performing or we learn to be loved because we're quiet. Especially women, we learn to love because we're the good girl, right? Mm -hmm. Great job with being quiet and doing it nicely. Whereas we teach our bodies in that moment that we, oh, so not expressing myself and just keeping calm means I receive love. I receive praise. So we have to, at a point, retrain our body that it is safe to be ourselves, that we don't always have to please others in order to receive love. Yeah, and just going on to, um, so it definitely seems like you're more focused on um, the anxious attachment and like you say, relationships and anxiety and everything like that. Do you delve into um, like panic disorders with clients um, and, and other areas such as OCD, um, intrusive thoughts, etc.? Mm -hmm, absolutely. And what's really interesting, especially when we focus on just seeing what's, what's the origin and how we about it especially when we talk about that, um, we work a lot on trying to integrate like a holistic approach of seeing the body and the mind and the spirit as a whole system in terms of we can address certain things in talk therapy but especially when we experience panic or anxiety we want to learn how we can strengthen the parasympathetic nervous system response right that is that is responsible for the calming response, right? And um, a lot of people think that's not something you should practice when you're not experiencing anxiety or panic. But the more you learn how to have this as an automatic response when you're not in a you know, fight, fight, freeze response, um, the better and the stronger your system can respond to it when you're actually experiencing anxiety. So just for the people who may not know, Jenny, they, they, they're unaware what the nervous system is, how it plays a role in anxiety. Can you just explain that? Uh, and also how important it is to understand what it is so you can start to tame the response. Mm -hmm. So the, paras the parasympathetic nervous system response is basically the antagonist for the nervous system response for the fight, flight, freeze response that is activated when we experience anxiety. And while this was very helpful, many, many, many years ago when we were chased down by a tiger and we had to have this response and we needed cortisol and we needed those hormones that get us um, jacked up, nowadays this response also happens when we have a threat that is not life-threatening. Mm -hmm. What we experience on the contrary to have hormones released that relax us is the parasympathetic nervous system response. That means that we have certain hormones that are being um, produced in our body. We have more saliva, like that's a typical uh, sign that you know your parasympathetic nervous system response is triggered when you have saliva in your mouth, right? The dry mouth is the opposite. Mm -hmm. and 
it's interesting because some one of the techniques that animals do is something we love doing as well in sessions is shaking it off right so even seeing where do i experience anxiety locating it in your body and learning how to shake it off and like see how we can even on a on a level in our body feel it and shake it off and move through it right mm -hmm. and um movement triggers the parasympathetic nervous response uh we often have it right that that's why we sometimes feel great certain happy hormones are released dopamine is released when we move when we even have um gentle gentle exercise stretching so all those things are actually really really helpful to kind of combat that um, nervous system response that we have um what would your advice be to someone who says i'm in the middle of a shopping mall um there's loads of people around me um and yeah they feel uncomfortable to start trying to shake off the anxiety that they're feeling um what tips would you give them in that situation awesome so two things so first of all i think it's so important to have self-awareness about it right just seeing what not only that is happening but what is coming up in my body Right, like what anxiety, where do I feel it, what's happening in my body? Mm -hmm. And the awareness of letting and there's where this is where C B T comes in and you know, reaffirming yourself it's it is safe to feel whatever emotion coming up in my body. Mm -hmm. Okay. Breathe through it. Right. So breathing is really especially learn how to have a relaxation breathing technique where we exhale longer than we inhale signalizes her body, I'm okay, I'm safe. So that was what would be the first one if someone has the capacity to handle, okay, I'm self-aware, I can calm myself down and say whatever is coming up in my body right now, it's safe for me to feel this, breathe through it. If we're not in the place of seeing, being self-aware, because sometimes we're so in panic that we can be like, okay, I can't breathe right now. Something that really helps is incorporating grounding techniques. Mm -hmm. right? The five, four, three, two, one technique, for example, that really helps that we also should practice when we're not in distress, because let's say you are in the shopping mall and you experience distress. I want you to ground yourself. I want you to go back to what are things that I can see right now? What are things that I can touch right now? Right? So what are things that I can smell? What are things that I can taste? So really engaging your senses and getting back to the present moment is going to help to calm your body down. No, that's wonderful. And regarding the person who's in that situation and they've, um, they feel overwhelmed and they end up leaving the situation, what advice would you give to them? Because um, obviously we know that with panic disorder, for example, you can get into that avoidant behavior, which can really fuel the anxiety disorder and, and cause things like agoraphobia. Um, would you tell them to go straight back into it? Would you tell them that they need to seek help from a doctor or a psychologist? Uh, what advice would you give to them if they say, I just can't face that situation of going into a shopping mall because they think that it's dangerous? And I think what you just touched on about the acceptance of the feeling, there's this um, the misconception with anxiety is, because it feels uncomfortable, it's almost like a natural response for us humans to think that uncomfort means danger. And it's finding that that's not the relationship at all, that uncomfort is just the emotional response, even though it feels uncomfortable, that it's not dangerous, right? Yes. Um, 
And especially, I think, so two things. First of all, it's so important, and this is one of the things I always go over with clients, is the human experience is not only rainbows and sunshine and, you know, <laughs> the vibes only. We experience negative emotions. That's part of being a human, right? It is really important because, again, that's when we stop judging it. I can accept it's never working towards I'm only going to be happy and I'm never going to be sad. It's working towards I understand that being sad is part of the human experience. Mm -hmm. And accept that those are emotions that I get to experience as a human, I can move through them quicker, right? Because emotions are energy in motion. They move through your body. You accept them you validate them, you let them move through, then you can let go of them. But if you're in the place of arguing with it, I'm not supposed to feel sad. Why my experience? This is annoying, right? The moment you get into an argument with yourself about what your experience is supposed to be, the longer you hold on to it. Mm, no, that's great. And just going back to that person who's, who's starting to avoid the situation, what would your advice to them be? So they're starting to avoid going shopping because they're scared of the anxious response. Yeah, so for that person, I would absolutely recommend seeing someone that can help mm -hmm. gradually move towards exposure therapy, right? And that means you, you don't just go have to go in the shopping mall and hold space for it. You start with little triggers. You try in, in the therapeutic process, you learn what is a safe space. I can always visit when I go there. What are small triggers for me? You get to know yourself better during that process. You get to learn, okay, maybe I don't go to shopping mall that day but i will watch a youtube video of some of, of a of a mall or maybe a, a movie that plays in a shopping mall apart mm -hmm. and, and you're in that place and you see what's what's happening in my body can i breathe through it what is what's happening when i do practice maybe instead of going to a shopping mall when we when we produce the the trigger uh, in person maybe we can just go to a bigger grocery store or right so or gradually a target then a shopping mall so really seeing uh, like finding seeking help for that will be something that will just absolutely improve your life quality so my absolutely recommendation would be find someone who could work with exposure therapy um and who with understanding and creating a safe space for the person to get used to the trigger yeah, wonderful advice, and I completely agree with you. However, if you look at the science behind um, exposure therapy and therapists, for some reason, um, and they think that maybe it's an ethical reason, there's a lot of therapists who know that the correct treatment for um, a panic attack in a shopping mall is exposure therapy, gradual therapy, uh, gradual exposure, just that you mentioned. But some therapists are reluctant to actually do exposure therapy because they find it unethical on the client. Um, have you heard of that in your space? Or is that something that you've heard of other therapists doing or is it quite easy to find someone who's willing to uh, guide you through that exposure? Um, there's definitely a discussion. Is it ethical or not? I think what's hmm. really important to see here is the consent of the clients. Yeah. If, if, a, if it's a child that's being dragged to therapy and saying, he's afraid of X, Y, Z, you're going to get over this. I absolutely agree. This is something that a person that should not be introdu introduced to exposure therapy. But if it's something who says, I'm afraid of this, but I know it's impacting my life quality, 
and I would love to learn how to handle this. And if they communicate wanting to have a therapist who really takes it easy, um, I think they should be able to find a therapist. If they really are firm on um, communicating what they seek in someone who does gradual exposure with them. That's wonderful. And I think it's great what you mentioned before, that exposure therapy doesn't just mean going straight back to the situation. It can mean what you mentioned, almost rehearsals uh, on YouTube, watching other people doing it, and just exp even reading about it could be a, a type of exposure, couldn't it? Because often when you're in a deep uh, anxiety disorder, you start to avoid even reading certain things in, in the fear that it might create a trigger for the anxiety. So there's lots of exposures that you can really um, get deep into without just going straight back into the shopping mall and, and fe feeling like you wouldn't be able to do it because it'd be too overwhelming. Um, Jenny, there's lots of questions I can see building up um, from the lovely guests. Are we okay to just go uh, through a few of them whilst we have you? <laughs> Fantastic. I'll just pick them at random. Um, So there's a few that you've already touched uh, the answers on. So one of them was how to cope calm down when you're in a situation you can't leave. So I think um, you mentioning grounding techniques um, it would be fantastic for that situation. Um, would you say grounding was, so if you're on an aeroplane, for example, and you get anxious uh, on an aeroplane, what techniques would you give someone in that situation where obviously they can't um, come off um, the aeroplane if it's in the air? Mm -hmm. That's a good question because a lot of grounding techniques techniques are like uh, walking in grass, etc. Mm -hmm. Again, the the like focusing on your senses is something you can do in a plane, right? Mm -hmm. You will see get into the place of what can I see, what can I taste, what can I smell. Um, for people that know that they get anxious on airplanes, I think it'd be awesome to have a fidget toy. I think it's great to to prep for it when you know okay. There's something that they I would get anxious, and they have a fidget toy that they can use during that time. Um, something I personally love that is maybe not as conventional is recording myself a voice memo. Nice. But like I, I'll uh, have something on my phone in my voice memos and in, in the iPhone that you can record right now, and you can tell you can talk to yourself. Say, hey, this is me. I know it might be stressful when there's turbulences, but I want you to take a deep breath. I want you to feel your arms. Again, this is something getting you back to your senses. And I want you to remember you're going to be just fine. So whatever that be along the lines, this is just what came to my mind. But you can record mm. a voice memo because it's not, you can't call someone on the plane. Because otherwise, it's having some, a go-to person you can call is a great way to, to get back to the moment. But, um, I think I think that's a really good idea as well because it's almost um, rep trying to replace the inner critic, isn't it? Obviously, when we're in an anxious state, we have the inner critic that's telling us, well, maybe this time it's not anxiety, maybe that something bad's going to happen. And having that replacement with the voice note is almost like replacing that inner critic and turning it, the volume down. So I've never personally tried that. So I might try that on a plane because, yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan of um, flying. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that sounds a really good uh, technique to use. Um, the next question. Let's have a look. Oh. 
sorry, I went to put it on and it just came off. So how to cope with health anxiety. Um, and I think they did another question as well, which was, um, they said that the um, have a compulsion of checking the physical symptoms um, on Google, and then it comes up with the worst uh, case scenarios. Yeah, I think um, the worst thing to do is to... <laughs> yeah. Right? It's it, it can be it's not good if we really get into the place of thinking Google knows everything because be aware of the fact that everyone can literally uh, publish something on Google without having expertise or not in mind. I think that internet is the wild, wild west in a way is a good mm. um, to see, okay, maybe I'm experiencing something. I should have a doctor checked out or something that helps me to, in a place of, first then to say okay if i first go to a doctor and i still don't feel comfortable then i can go on the internet and see what's going on right but first i have to go to the doctor and in five percent of the cases it's probably resolved or they've had the support of a professional and they feel calm so but what it does it lets your brain know okay, can't do it it means i can do it after i take the proper you know take proper care of myself and um, in regards of health anxiety, I know it's it, it can be challenging to, it also depends on what health anxiety of being afraid of diseases that can develop or having a disease. Um, but I think it's good to overall view your body as, as your resource and as your temple and seeing that even over worrying about it can be negative, have a negative, mm -hmm. uh, have a negative, um, response because the more we stress out the more cortisol we produce the more we stand in the way of a healthy body response and a daily functioning right so keeping in mind and i think something that helps me a lot when i do even generally get anxiety or you have the health anxiety write it out if you have hmm. a before it lingers all day in your head and you're worried about whatever's coming up put your phone put your phone on airplane mode for five minutes and write it out all you want to mm -hmm. after or put it to the side, but give yourself the space to process what's going on. Yeah. So would you say that high levels of um, anxiety that isn't um, treated to someone's dealing with that on a daily basis, that over time that could have a negative impact on, on the overall health? It can have a negative impact on the overall health, but I don't want someone to get into the place of saying that's going to stress me out even more. Yeah, I, I think what what's going to help is um, understand that you can nurture your body, that you you have. This is actually something we have par partially control over, right? We don't have control overall in our health. Some things are genetic, some are some are not. But there's always healthy habits that you can introduce and there's relaxation um, techniques that you can use. There are things that you can do for your health that will help you to relax. Yeah, no, that's a great answer. Um, and it's a, like you just mentioned, it's a fine line to, to walk on, isn't it, when you're speaking to an anxious community because you don't want to say that anxiety is going to cause long-term health conditions because anxiety is one of the most treatable conditions, which is fantastic. And I hear um, anxiety recovery stories literally every single day. Every single day that I wake up and check my DMs, there's normally another person who's made massive steps on the recovery journey, which is in inspiring and motivational, not just to myself, but to the whole community. 
Yeah, absolutely. I've I've worked with clients that had such severe anxiety they couldn't work, they couldn't date, mm. daily functioning, and they're thriving now. Yeah, they job they love, they're in relationships that they're very happy in. So it's a hundred percent possible to create a different outcome, even if you are currently experiencing anxiety. Okay, I'll pick two more questions, Jenny. Uh, let's have a look. So again, you did touch on this, but just specifically for this person, they said, do you know any ways to, to combat um, physiological responses like fast heart rate or even nausea? So nausea would be a good one to, to explore as well. Um, is there any tips and, um, that someone could put in place if they're feeling uh, nausea and also if it's impacting like the, putting them off their food, for example? Mm. Um, so for nausea, again, those are when we experience or something we want to change the long term in that moment you have to distract yourself because not if you you know if you don't want to result into um necessarily being the place of continuous being triggered to be nauseous it's so important to get yourself in a different stimulus that could even be again what we talked about earlier jumping on the phone ask, jump on the phone and ask your friend and prep this with your friend when you're not feeling nauseous, for example, practice with your friend when everything's fine, saying there's going to be times I give you a call and then I want us to talk about, remember that last time we went on vacation and um, we went to the wrong hotel and we had to take through the other cars to get there and we laughed, right? So really getting into the place of distracting yourself in that moment to calm down your response, mm. right? Um, I think what can help greatly too is when they are in that place is mindful breathing with visualization so if you feel that see if you can get into a breathing pattern again where you inhale but have a an exhale that is the double amount of time that you inhale because it signalizes your body okay we can calm down we're not in danger, right? And just for the visualization part, and this is something that they touch a lot in EMDR or different um, strategies where they have bilateral stimulation of imagining you having a place where you're safe. Like create a safe space in your brain that you can visit when you're experiencing distress. And again, I, want, I can't stress this enough. I want you to practice this when you're not experiencing anxiety. Mm, yeah. What is a place that I can visualize and get emotionally lift myself up to feel calm, right? For me, is that sitting in a gazebo where I see grass and I see animals and I feel the wind and I see flowers going left and right. So, oh, that like immediately. <laughs> so having something where you get to a place in your brain that relaxes you is gonna help you in that moment. And just to stress on the point where you just mentioned why it's important uh, to almost incorporate that into your daily routine instead of trying to do that in the first point when you feel anxious. So can you just stress on why it's important to obviously make it a habit, really? Um, it is important to make it a habit because our brain um, is receptive to understanding or, or to learn a different response to stress and trauma. So the more you strengthen your parasympathetic nervous system response, the more you learn 
quicker you can access it when you experience stress, distress. It's the same um, when we practice mindfulness, right? So uh, studies have actually shown that practice mindfulness for eight to 12 weeks, it can alter the structure of your amygdala in your brain, which is associated with the emotional regulation in mm -hmm. the system. So if you practice mindfulness, which means like doing, instead of multitasking, monotasking, that strengthens this um, response as well, because you, you have a different access to your brain for your emotion regulation, the more you learn to be calm the more you learn to do one thing at a time, to show your brain it's safe. It's safe for me to focus on one thing, safe for me to be calm and concentrated instead of I have to do that, I have to do that, and then get anxious and overwhelmed because it's a place of not knowing how you can finish everything and having pressure. Yeah, that's wonderful. And it's uh, so important now, isn't it, mindfulness in in the treatment of anxiety disorders, really. And, yeah, it's just such a powerful tool. Um one that should be just should be used daily and even if you're not dealing with anxiety because it's just great to ground yourself and like you said uh, just the acceptance of feeling how you do in that situation and noticing that during the day there's so many different emotions that we feel and we, we just often we don't just um, take a minute to to evaluate that emotion normally it's just um it's either a physical response that will take us to that position but yeah being so mindful about day-to-day -day life is is a great thing to be doing i think um one more question jenny before we let you go um there's so many questions So how, um, it's just gone off, but it was, how do you deal with um, tension in your body? So this person gets head tensions and tension in the shoulders due to general anxiety day-to-day. Uh, -day. Um, what tips uh, would you give them um, that they can start to incorporate now to help them feel better? Uh, so a few things. So first of all, if your tension is simply not... Um, leaving and you're in a place of you you need to calm down and you need to be present on focusing on whatever you're doing or you might be at work something that really helps is uh water that could be cold water um if you're at work even going into the bathroom and having splashing cold water in your face cold shower also works wonders to get back in the moment get regulated reduce the tension Second of all, overall, I think what's really great to reduce tension is physical activity. Physical activity of stretching, of yoga, of anything that you can do mindfully while you move your body, see like where the tension is, right? And that goes into my third point too, being mindful of where you feel the tension. Can you breathe into the tension? and release there's some awesome 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 breath work things there's even so much breath work too that you can access on youtube or even on my channel where you can learn to get into the breathing breathing into where you feel the tension and talk yourself through releasing it mm -hmm. and being mindful of where is the tension can i breathe into it and lastly also um you know seeing like if if there's anything physically um that's going on too to check that out 
No, that's wonderful. And that um, moves nicely on to um, firstly thanking you for coming on and speaking and answering the questions. been awesome connecting. Uh, but where can people find you? Um, what's your space on the internet, um, website, YouTube, Instagram? And is there anything you're working on at the moment? Or if somebody wants to do therapy with you, do you have spaces, all, all that sort of stuff? So, um, so you can find me under at Jenny Minan on Instagram. And if you want to look up my webpage, it's www.jennyminan.com where you can find all infos. There's also a blog for a few posts um, that interest you. And um, I currently am opening up some spaces mid and May for one-on-one -on -one sessions, which is really exciting. And uh, I'm also having a group program coming up. So that's going to be awesome too. And that group focus on women that really are interested in leveling up their mental health, their relationship to themselves, and really dive deep into self-love. So that's going to be really exciting. And yeah, I just want to encourage you. I love helping us. I love serving. If you have any questions that haven't been answered, don't hesitate to just send me a message and I'll do my best to get back to some of your questions. That's wonderful. And just regarding the therapy that you're opening, is that just for people in America or is that open worldwide? I do. I work uh, worldwide. So wherever you are, send me a message, send me a request. And um, depending on where you are, we will uh, see where we can fit you in. But yeah, Fantastic. I'm excited. I always love working with new clients. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jenny. And enjoy the rest of your day in the sunshine. Very jealous. Yeah, I'm so honored that you had me here. It was absolutely lovely. I hope we do this again one day. <laughs>